You're listening to the Brand Builders Podcast with your hosts, Scott Dunstan and Brian Young. Welcome to another episode of the award-winning podcast powered by the Dunstan Group. My name is Brian Young, and we are here with the president of the Dunstan Group, Scott Dunstan. And we are here with a a cool-ass company called Made to Last Tattoo. We're here with Chris and Brandon. Now, we talk a lot about art and culture in our organization, specifically on this podcast, but a lot of folks might limit their idea of art to what they can find in a museum or a public place. But some of the best art in Charlotte is literally walking around the city. We're talking, of course, tattoos. And who doesn't like a really good tattoo? If you see somebody with a really good tattoo, you're definitely saying, like, that's a badass tattoo. And hopefully asking where they got that tattoo. But our next guest on the Brand Builders podcast, own and manage uh, by an appointment-only high-end tattoo studio in Uptown Charlotte. They won Charlotte Magazine's Voters pick of best of the best tattoo parlor in 2019 so thank you so much chris stewart and brandon dursky of made to last tattoo we appreciate you being on the podcast we appreciate you coming in here to our studio and we're so excited to learn more about really the brand that you guys have created and really i can see it right now you guys are obviously a walking art of what you do so thank you guys so much for joining us and we're excited to learn a little bit more yeah thanks for having us yeah thank you Thank you, Brian. Great introduction. So you guys, have you both been at it for like 20 years now? And This is going on probably 23 years of tattooing for me. Wow. Yeah. How'd you uh, initially get into the business? Honestly got tattooed. <laughs> <laughs> like, literally like, love begged, begged my parents underage at 16 and <laughs> they realized I was an artist, you know, and they were kind of younger hippie parents that backed anything I wanted to do. And uh, my uncle took me to get tattooed and I was hooked immediately. That's yeah. awesome. I originally wanted to be an architect. Oh yeah. And uh and got tattooed. I'm like, man, this is this is special, you know? And never never looked away. Have you always been in Charlotte? I have, yeah. Well, I tattooed for the first few years in Gastonia. At that point it was Skin Art by Randy, which was the top shop. Everyone went to Randy. And uh there was also Ace here. So it was so I worked there for 3 years and then um I followed a guy to Charlotte to work at Ace. I worked there for 17 years. Wow. Rodney Raines owns Ace and and uh, just, like I said, got tattooed and never looked back. How many uh, how many tattoos do you oh, think man. you've actually put on people over put these on years? People? Yeah. You know, back in those days, I was doing an average of 10 tattoos a day. No kidding. I mean, it was walk-in heavy, and I think that's that's what you need. You know, it's a little different now, but now, you know, I do one to two people a day. Yeah. Five days a week, yeah, so... But yeah, back then, I mean, I was there till two, four in the morning until the last drunk person left. You know, it was a, it was a, it was a different world back then. So oh, you could man. actually be, you know, whatever, drunk, stone, whatever, and come in and get a tattoo. Back or? then, man, you could be whatever you wanted. Yeah. It was tough, but it, you know, you learn your chops that way, and you learn to, you don't specifically do what you want to do. You do what the next client wants, and you do what the best you can. And you do the next person and the next person and the next person. There wasn't choosing what you wanted to do. You pleased every client. It's a little rougher back then. If a client got out of hand, you yeah. got them out. But it's it's a lot different nowadays. Yeah. So this is going to be clearly you're looking at me and I don't have a tattoo. And I was so excited about this because I've always wanted a tattoo. And my mom and my wife are probably listening to this and they're probably going to murder me. But <laughs> the thing that I've always struggled is that, and this is a blessing, but I've never really had anything in my life that I think is so traumatic or bad that I feel like that that would be like the thing that I want to put on there, right? Like if something were to happen, like how can I remember somebody? But then I look at what everybody else has. I'm like, why do I, why does it only have to be a bad thing? Like why not do something that's cool and hip about things that were positive? So 
Anyways, we might have to have a conversation, and I might just have a surprise for people at some point. Oh, I don't in want to my be in life. trouble with a mom no, or a wife. That's okay. She's uh, yeah, yeah. Well, my wife's also a mom, so we're really going to be screwed. No. Well, I say it all um, the time. I mean, people ask, you know, what does that mean? What does that mean? We're covered in tattoos. We're not that interesting. We don't have a story for every <laughs> single thing. You know, there, there's just no like way to be it. that interesting. Yeah. Sometimes it's just cool. Sometimes, like some, of, yeah, some of the most special tattoos I have are ones I. A group of us camp in New Zealand. We do a convention there every year, and we camp, and we tattooed each other on the side of a lake in New Zealand, and wow. that's one of the most special tattoos I have, you know? So how difficult is like? So I, I consider myself to be a wannabe artist, right? Like, I'm not good enough to actually produce it, but I really respect it, and I tried when I was younger, and maybe I just wasn't that good at art, but I appreciate it. Seeing some of the tattoos that you guys have done just through your Instagram is incredible. Like, it's honestly something that... I'd be shocked if you just put it on paper and you did it, but you're putting this on people's bodies and it's always amazes me the amount of detail that you can get in a tattoo where you're, it's, I don't know, it's just, it, it blows my mind that it's actually possible to take something and go, oh my God, they did that on someone's body and it looks unbelievable. Like you ever scared you're going to mess up? Like, how <laughs> every, does that work? Every you know single I mean? moment. Okay. I like that. Good answer. Yeah, every, I know every about single that. tattoo. If I'm nervous before every tattoo. I mean, I want every tattoo to be better than the last, to be honest. I want it to be something I would wear. When you're doing artwork on paper, canvas, it doesn't move. It doesn't bleed. It doesn't sweat. It doesn't talk. It doesn't answer its phone. It doesn't text message. <laughs> There's yeah. so many variables, especially to the phones now. Oh, God. Uh, we, we'll, we, could, we could have another podcast <laughs> about that. But it's, that's what hooked me 23 years ago. Actually, longer than that. I got tattooed at 16. And, uh, but... You know, it's such a different art form. It's a living art that, you know, it, and it grows with age. You know, you have to think about the line weights, the variables that are going to age as you get older and older and older. So there's a lot to take in. So tell me, what is it? If I walked in right now and I right, take that back, you guys don't even allow walk-ins. That's how badass you are. That's like not that. true. Don't, okay, don't, don't spread that. Okay, just kidding. They do. You, you come in. All right, I lie. They, you walk in there and if they can't do you right then, they'll get you an appointment. How about that? Yeah, I mean, most of the time we're doing larger scale, big work. People trust us with a lot of these, you know, big monumental projects, which is awesome. But if I got time to do your wife's initials on your wrist and let's do it. You know, oh like, man, well, now you're, it, now you're throwing yeah. my wife's initials. God, you guys are getting me screwed. <laughs> She's like, yeah, do that. Do that. One for you. and one Actually for put it right on your chest. Yeah, just we, right there. Okay. We take walk-ins, but a walk-in to us is something small. So that, yeah. that's cool. So what is the process like with you guys? It, 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 just following you on Instagram, looking at your website, you guys are legit. You've turned this not only just to, Hey, come in and get a tattoo. This is a, a professional business that's run fantastic. And I'm just curious, like, what is the process like from, having the idea to actually having the entire tattoo done. And what does that kind of look like? If I walked in, explain me what the process is of getting a tattoo at your parlor that might be a little bit different than, than other places. Yeah, for sure. That's, you'd probably talk to me first. Yeah. I, I run the shop. I pretty much handle everything but a tattoo. So um, I don't tattoo there. So, But I'm kind of that buffer between you and Chris or whoever else might work at the shop. So it really just depends. It depends on what you're trying to get. Some stuff's a lot more self-explanatory than others. But I think what sets us apart from a lot of other shops is we want it to run more like a spa, a salon, a doctor's office. You know, you get a, I don't know, a text message to remind you, an email that's reminding you. We've already discussed placement, size, where it's going. I, I like to have, before you leave my doors, I want you to have some kind of expectation, not just price-wise or what it's going to look like or whatever it may be. You're comfortable by the time that you show up. Your tattooer's got everything they need to know. Um, we, there's a lot of technology that we use in it that like a, you know, a lot of tattooers are pirates and they don't want to use that and they just want to do it when you show up. And that's cool. Like I respect that. That's what we grew up in. 
Um, but for us nowadays with the demand that we've got, it's just, it just makes more sense to be organized for your sake as well as ours. So really, if you were to walk in, then we just really need to discuss it. Sometimes it requires a consultation. You know, if it's a larger scale, more custom piece, if not, then we can kind of book something. We do deposits. Pretty much you've got everything you need to know about what to expect, where to be, when to show up. And I've got everything I need to know about what tattoo we're doing on you. So you guys have a bunch of just talented artists that are on staff there that do tattoos there. Um, so it, it's really cool. Like if I were to walk in and maybe my style is a little bit different, you guys would kind of align me with that person. Or maybe even if you looked at the tattoo and you said, you know what, this is awesome, but hey, this guy right here is the one that needs to do Absolutely. it. Is 100%. that is that that's a team effort, and you guys understand who what your strengths and weaknesses are. So tell me kind of how about how did how did, how did you get enough people and. And do you go after one specific style or does everybody kind of have their own thing and it's free flowing and it just kind of goes together? To be honest, it, it just kind of organically happened that way. A lot of these, the crew I have now, for the most part, we all grew up together, mm -hmm. you know? And so they, they knew many years ago that I was wanting to do this with, with Matt Skinny. He was up in New York at the time, but we worked together before he moved to New York. And so the, the word got out through the community that we were going to do this. And a lot of people hit us up right away and already told their shops they worked in, like, look, five years from now, I want to be at Made to Last in Charlotte. They, they kind of knew my vision for this. And the vision was to have a staff that could handle anything and everything. A lot of people corner themselves, say if you're only doing traditional tattoos or only black and gray, who's going to do the, the opposite that comes in? You know, and and also we grew off each other. Like I've been tattooing 23 years, like I said, but some of the younger guys, I learn more from them because they're learning from other people and, and bringing, you know, creations from other aspects that I would never notice. And if none of us can handle it at the shop, I'll send you to another shop of someone else I respect because that's what it's about, keeping the community of tattooing growing and positive. And, you know, unfortunately in the tattoo community in other cities, people feud and that's not what we want, you know. Yeah, it seems like, correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like as society shifts a little bit, you're seeing more and more ink. You're seeing folks my age going and getting their first tattoo. Are you guys seeing that? And like, what's what's Absolutely. the trend there? That's, what that's are you hearing on the about. street? I say this every single yeah. day. More of my clientele looks like you than they look like me. Yeah. Really? There's every, every, most of my clientele is probably 25 to 45 business professional didn't grow up we grew up in tattooing there's there's a lot of reason we look the way that we do right it, it wasn't accessible on instagram it was we we're in it because that was the the route that we took whether it was through music or some kind of alternative scene that brought us to this but right. you're you're not from that and that's okay right. and that's what we want to cater to so a lot of my clients come in because they've got access to it now and they understand that they can get a good product from us and they might want a traditional sleeve or a big Japanese back piece, but they didn't necessarily grow up in tattooing. But that's cool. We like the fact that you're going to come for your first tattoo or or honestly, even somebody who is a tattoo collector that's been in it like us can feel just as comfortable as you would. Like we've purposely catered it to that. We understand that not everybody's wanting a naked lady or a skull on them. So we right. and, and going to the, the versatility of our shop, like we purposely want somebody who can do a big space colorful sleeve as well as a black and gray realism piece as well as a traditional skull. Like we've got everything for it. So that's interesting. Yeah. And it's also yeah. cool because you now like it makes me I keep saying I'm, I'm gonna I guess I'm just gonna go get a tattoo. But the uh, <laughs> oh boy. But but it's you know it, the right yeah, guys now, I, so we're good. I, I know. I have so many friends I have them and I'm like, that's cool. I have one guy friend that has wings I've on his back. I've always loved him. He's yeah, got wings just, on his back and he played D B in college and now he's a yeah. coach at Oklahoma. 
And the first time I saw him at the pool, I was like, what in the hell? But it was like, it's, it's cool. I, I would think like if I got wings on my back, it would be done terrible. And it would look like if I did it, it's got to be badass. So I'm going to made the last. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's about being, you know, when I started tattoo shops and, and to be honest, I sometimes miss that of like the intimidation and the roughness and toughness of a tattoo studio, but you can't do that now. You know what I mean? With social media and, and the way everyone's getting tattooed. The TV shows have marketed it to everyone. So yeah, doctors and lawyers and everyone's coming in. Yeah. And to be honest, I never got tattooed to look tough and to scare anybody. It was about the art to me, to be honest, you know, and I love being tattooed, but you know, like I said, now we, we have to, to cater to everyone and be respectful and times one, have changed. One thing that's to. hard to, to grasp for some people that look out, look at it from the outside in is it is a lifestyle for us. You know, if we go to dinner with somebody, they're tattooed. If we get our tires changed, it's somebody we met through tattooing. Like everything we do revolves around the industry that we work in. And that's just what we grew up in. But like Chris said, everybody wants a piece of that now. And there's times and, and there's a time and a place to kind of keep it exclusive, but there you can either change with it or you can, you can suffer from it and we're, we're going to change with it. And I'd rather, if, if you're going to come into my shop and get your first tattoo, whether it be wings or, you know, something that I find a little more, um, you know, along the lines of what I want, it doesn't matter to me. It doesn't have to be cool to me, but I want it to be the best version of what you can get from our shop. I'd rather be the one to do it because otherwise you're just going to go somewhere else and you might get a, a bad tattoo or you might get a great tattoo, but I'd I can ensure that you'll get a good tattoo here. And like Chris said, like we can't do the whole renegade thing anymore. We want to drive nice cars and wear nice clothes just like everybody else. So like, you know how you do that is you be nice to people and you, and you do nice tattoos, you know? So. That's right. Well, and you look at like Uptown Charlotte. So you guys are in Uptown Charlotte. You look at a place that, that ideally if you leave Charlotte and let's say you're in a, a city like St. Louis, they still have this vibe that we're this banking city, financial driven, everybody, your bankers, that's all it is. Charlotte has diversified a lot, specifically in the last five years. I think also culturally, what is and is not acceptable from a professional standpoint. I could remember when I first graduated college and came into the world in 2008 from a professional standpoint, it was literally button up tie down to here. If you had a tattoo, you had to cover that up. That was not acceptable to have a tattoo. Now it's a lot different right? It's not only acceptable, it's who you are. And if you can't accept that person who's coming in to work in that business, then why are they working for you? And ideally, if you're working with somebody that can't respect what you want to do and to be able to share who you are, why the hell are you working for them too? So have you guys seen like a lot more corporate, you know, business type people come in there that you, that maybe 10 years ago, you would have never seen someone like that coming in to get a tattoo? Absolutely. Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, yeah. most of our clientele is, it can walk to our shop. Yeah. Most of them work at Wells Fargo or they own their own construction business. I mean, one of our really good clients, I mean, he had some tattoos, but not something super visible. He just recently got both of his hands tattooed. And I think he had a lot of confidence in knowing that like, yeah, you know, I deal with these big major corporations, but, you know, it's a different day. And, and, and honestly, I think people like authenticity with that Agreed. stuff. I, I think I think somebody finds a little more... Um, personality when when you can see that they, they they like that authenticity of oh yeah my guy he's artistic he's got tattoos you know it gives a little more i don't know just background to who you're dealing with yeah it's also how you carry yourself i mean i can do a quick rundown of really how i i got the building and the shop because i worked for two years solid every day on my day off to find a space i went through two different real estate agents i tried to get in south end area and i, I got turned away every everywhere was like oh you want to do a tattoo studio oh Really? And I was like, well, this is going to be a little different. I had a business plan. So um, fast forward to, to my agent, a wonderful, wonderful guy, Mark. And uh, we went 
endlessly to find spaces. And we pulled up to this building. And I'm like, Mark, I grew up skateboarding in Uptown. There's no way they're going to let me open a shop here. He's like, let's just go meet. So we, we do a meeting, an hour tour of the, of the shop, which is, you know, everyone from Charlotte knows this building. So we, we do a tour, and um, my agent's standing behind the agent of the building, and he's just smiling. And the guy's like, well, what do you want to put here? Like a salon, a spa? I'm like, no, a high-end tattoo studio. And at this point, I'm kind of annoyed giving my speech to everyone what I want to do because no one's really believing in, in my vision. And um, so we get to the car, and, uh, Mark, and I'm like, Mark, what was that, man? He didn't know I wanted to do a tattoo studio here. He's like, we switched up plans. I need people to meet you before they know what you're doing. The next Boy. day I had the building. Good for really? you, man. Yep. That's all. Yep. Mm. So that's, that's interesting. Awesome. So that took two years. It took two years yeah. of solid. And with my son, he's five now. He looked every single day off. Both of my days off, I spent looking, looking at buildings. Some I got turned away. Some I had to back out on. And, uh, you know, but we, we are where we're supposed to be. I mean, it worked out. And where are you located exactly? It's 129 North Poplar yeah. uh, in Fourth Ward, right right across from the cemetery in Uptown. It's in an 1890 uh, historical house. It's called the Bagley Mullen yeah. House. It's one of the oldest buildings in Uptown Charlotte. We're right across from the old Presbyterian Church in the graveyard there. So, oh yeah, the building's yeah, super awesome. synonymous with like our vibe and our look, and it's it's such a part of our our business. You know, it's just just the building we're in, which is cool. I love that, and yeah. you guys, just in having a conversation. Um, I've really connected with you guys that, that you're real, you're authentic, you love what you do, but really you're trying to not only support people that want to get tattoos, you want to support the community as well. And you guys do a lot of work um, from a charity standpoint, and you guys recently just had a flash event to raise money for Safe Alliance as part of a worldwide cause called uh, Still Not Asking For It that combats sexual violence. Tell us a little bit about how do you guys not only promote the community, but how did you choose this cause? Why is it important for you? And really, how does that really dispel those stereotypes? Like, how are you guys changing the vibe of, like you said, rough and tough, tattoo, you know, there's no, there's no good things going on in there, right? Like, whatever comes out of there is bad. And that's just a stereotype from the past. Not saying that's my opinion, but the reality is people that could walk by that don't understand tattoos could look at something and immediately, nope, nothing good's coming out of that. And they have no idea. Like, some badass great things could be coming out of that, and nobody even wanted to walk through the door because of the stereotype that they had in their mind. Yeah. So you guys have not only changed that from the building that you've gone in, the area that you're at, being high end, but now also taking that and giving back. And I would love to learn what you guys are doing on that on that standpoint. Yeah, huh? for sure. I'll, I'll start that one if you don't mind, Chris. Um, and it, it kind of it starts with Chris. Before we even get to the charity stuff, before any of that, I think the first thing I can say, Chris did my first tattoo when I was you know, almost 14 years ago now. And... It was, you know, it was intimidating. I was 18 years old, and I had some friends that got tattooed by him, but he was comfortable. He was nice. He took care of me. I wanted to keep getting tattooed. I probably would not look this way if it weren't for that kind of mentality, because especially back then, it was it was rough and tumble, and it was, you know, cussing and spitting, and if you weren't playing by the rules, then get out, and you're or you're being dragged out, and he wasn't that way, and neither was, you know, our, our other business partner, Matt, and I just continued to get tattooed over and over and over, and it was a it was a comfort thing, and then so you just realize that it was more than just the tattoo you were getting. It was the person that was doing it, and it was it was an experience. It was fun, and then we developed the relationship, and now here I am. I'm running the shop because of it. And then so fast forward to now, like my mom gets tattooed by Chris, you know, like, and so then then 
bring that to what you're saying. Like it's it's not just this stereotypical, you know, wild west, you know, where throwing darts and lighting things on fire and bar <laughs> fighting inside the tattoo shop. It's honestly quite the opposite. We're listening right. to lowrider oldies and Leon Bridges and you know, the I just got some new diffusers that I really like for the shop. You know, we want it to Sweet. smell good. But then it then it goes even beyond that. We love the fact that we can take one of the most frivolous industries in the world. Nobody needs a tattoo. It's it's all cosmetic, it's all frivolous. But we can take something that everybody loves and do something outside of the shop with it, like the Safe Alliance thing. Um, we've done a lot of work with them, not just that specific event. did a big Christmas event. But it's cool to us. I, honestly, since I've known Chris, he's always been super about how do we get out into the community? How, we do, how do we do some kind of toy drive? For, I mean, it's honestly hard to do sometimes. More people turn us away than accept it. And Safe Alliance was like super eager to deal with us, which was nice. So we first did a Christmas event with them, and then we did the, the Still Not Asking For It, which is a worldwide event that we were invited to be a part of, but we like really blew it out of the water. It was awesome. It was a lot of fun. Very interesting. So you guys, and how do you, how do you guys choose Safe Alliance? And you just mentioned something that I didn't even think about. You know, charities, we all, we've had 14 charities or nonprofits on this podcast. Our whole goal is to be able to promote that. It blows my mind that a charity would say, no, no, thanks. Like, no, thanks. It, it and, happens. So yeah. Much. And, 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 and that's sad. And if you're listening to this podcast, if you haven't gotten to this point and, and realized that these two need to be involved or need to have an opportunity, then you're probably listening to the wrong people. Um, but I'm just kind of passionate about helping people, having a purpose, giving back to a community that ideally I've only been here nine years, but it's given back to me. It's given me a purpose. Uh, working at the Dunstan group is giving me a vibe that I know that I can do more in this world than just make a paycheck and, and support my family. That's my obviously goal is to support my family, but really it's giving back. And like, so tell me, how did you get to that point? Cause a lot of business owners still are not there yet. And now their marketing teams are like, we better be giving back because everybody's doing it. And, and, and I appreciate that. But to have an owner that's already committed to that is really cool. So tell me a little bit about how you got to, to that point. I mean, I've always wanted to give back since day one, even when I wasn't making money in the industry, because I feel extremely blessed that I can do what I love every single day. Still to this day, I'm normally the last one to leave the shop. Everyone leaves, I stand around, and I'm just in awe of what has been created. But I think with that and what we've created with Made to Last, helps with the, the benefit we did. We, I wanted to raise half of what we did for that. My goal was very small and I'm, and I expected, you know, a good crowd to come out for the, the backup to the benefit we did. And, um, the person, the longest person waited was 13 hours <laughs> and four storms. We yeah. tattooed from wow. 12 in the afternoon until three in the morning. Dang. And, 131 tattoos. 131 tattoos, and we raised twenty three thousand dollars. Good for you, man! Wow. wow, and um, that blew my mind. Yeah, and honestly, it blew my mind for the community. I was overwhelmed and speechless about that, and that's what I've been trying to do. I mean, we've we tried to contact people for toy drives. I wanted to do tattoo conventions and donate a hundred percent of what I make to toy drives. And there's too many people in this world starving and kids without toys. And if more people just stepped up and helped we wouldn't have that it's kind of crazy know? how easy it is to do sometimes you know before we did the um still not asking for it event we did safe alliance has a really cool holiday drive that's a little different than just like hey benevolence drop off a toy and this kid gets a toy it's it's that to some degree but it's called their um i think it's just called their holiday store but they have a domestic violence shelter that women and their children are living in they they don't have the luxury of of waking up, grabbing a coffee in, in their in their their own house, 
strolling into work when they want. They're living in a essentially a dormitory. And so for Christmas, what they do, super empowering. And it's, it's honestly why I got involved with them in the first place, because I, I just did a little bit of research. And what they do is you donate toys and gifts for mothers. And rather than just dropping them off on a doorstep, they get to go pick. There's two rooms. The moms go get to pick something for their mom, the, the kid or for their kid. The kid gets to pick something for the mom. And to me, that was super empowering. It takes the that charity element out of it where it's this, um, I don't know, it just seems kind of, obviously it's it's super fulfilling because you're getting something you wouldn't normally have access to, but it puts a lot more choice and empowerment and just kind of, I don't know, motivation in them where they're like, hey, I get to get something that I know my mom would like. Instead of just being like, oh, I'm forced to have this fire truck. I don't like fire trucks, you know? Yeah, definitely. But <laughs> regardless, I could ramble on about that. But it was super cool to me that they were, they were, just thinking about it in a different way T- to give something that they don't typically have, not, not the toy, but the empowerment, you know? So, and then we, that was super successful. We had clients that, you know, what we did was we did a, a gift card thing. So if you bought a hundred dollars, we'd give you some free money towards the gift card. If you donated, we had clients that had been tattooed before from out of town that were Amazon priming us stuff. Didn't even want a gift card. We probably sold, I mean, over $10,000 in gift cards, but like, I can I don't even want to think about how much free money we gave away towards tattoos, but that wasn't the point to us. When we showed up with three carloads of gifts to Safe Alliance, and they're like, first of all, who are you guys? And you know, where did all this yeah. come from? And I'm like, a bunch of tattooed people, you know? Whether that be tattooed people, one tattoo like you, or or a million tattoos like us, people were so eager to do it. And the funniest part of all of it, or not even really funny, but just ironic, is it took literally just a couple of Instagram posts. I didn't have to plan anything. I just, like, I made a nice-looking post. I made a couple of rules, and it was as simple as that. A couple of seconds out of my day made hundreds of people that live at this facility, hundreds of people. And then and then fast forward to the, the still not asking for it. I mean, that was a lot of our energy, don't get us wrong. I mean, that was an 18-hour day, right. um, not to mention all, I mean, two months of preparation that I had into it and the amount of just physical grueling hours that is for tattooers. That's not easy to do, but we had... Tattooers from Florida, from my friend Mason from um, from Houston, he flew in just to do that. Donated every single bit that they made, and it was it was just easy for us to do. And we had hundreds and hundreds of people there, and it was just a, a few seconds out of our time. Twenty three thousand dollars. I can't even begin to describe what that does for a shelter for victims of sexual violence in terms of medical costs, um, therapy, all of that, and literally just a day out of our our lives, you know. And we probably changed some lives. Hopefully, I, I would hope that we did. Are your hands not shaking after eighteen hours? <laughs> I mean, to, I, I was B. There was one point I was oh, actually my. speaking to Mason. I looked over at him, and he just looked like he was asleep with his eyes open. <laughs> but and you know, I'm I'm the old guy in the like, shop. So at yeah. one point, I think it was maybe eleven thirty at night. I asked Brandon. I was like, "How many more people are in line?" He said, "What was it? Thirty-five? Yeah, forty? And everyone looked at me like, "Oh man, let's stop this. Let's let's <laughs> let's go home." And I was like. I'll tattoo them. And everyone's yeah. like, let's do it. Let's keep going. So we tattooed every single person that waited, and I wasn't wow. going to give up. I would have tattooed the entire morning. Yeah. And I offered the guys. I'm like, man, do you, do you guys want to keep your tips? 100% not. Let's donate everything. And I, it blew me away. Everyone was willing to fly in to drive in and do this all to build a community of tattooing. I bragged about this after the fact. Like Chris mentioned, 13 hours. It rained. Yeah. like, And I don't just mean drizzled. It rained on people. Four times. People had sunburns and were soaking wet. People's shoes stank. It was it was crazy that these people waited that long to get 
a palm-sized tattoo. Not a single person complained. The next day, I saw so many people posting on Instagram, online, everything. You know, I waited for 13 hours. I got rained on. I ate Jimmy John standing up in line. (laughs) And it was so worth it. Every single person was just so stoked, so pumped. I saw people walking each other back to their car that met in line. I saw people exchanging numbers. You know, Melissa, who kind of got us here, she was there. She's one of our clients previously, but she was there. She got tattooed. She waited all day. It was just super cool seeing how worth it all of that energy was. I think I ate two crackers all day long. I'm not, I'm not even joking. I ate two crackers. I was just too in the zone to like sit down and eat. And yeah, I mean, it was, it was awesome. definitely so, exhausting, but invigorating all at the same time. So, I, I probably could have gone another 24 hours if we had to, you know? So you'll do it again? Oh, 100%. absolutely. 100%. So I'm going to make it bigger somehow. Yeah. No, nothing feels better to yes. me than doing what I love and changing someone's life. Yeah. Which, and, uh, that's that, great. I've always been that way, but once I had a child, like, that instinct just kicked in even more. Yeah. yeah. We all sure. come from, for, like I've said it 10 times already, we come from usually rough paths. We like we didn't wake up going, oh, we want to be tattooers. Like uh, most people that come from that, that's it, there's a reason, you know, whether it be punk rock or skateboarders, like right. we usually come from some kind of background, usually broken to some degree. So we take so much pride in having a community that it's most often you'll find that tattooers and people in that that world are so benevolent because they're so grateful for what they have because of it you know we know what the alternative is so it's you know you might see stuff on instagram go fund me stuff you know if a tattooer a lot of times they might not have health insurance or something they get a motorcycle wreck i guarantee you within 24 hours there's thirty thousand dollars in a bank account it's one of the most benevolent communities ever because of what we come from we're grateful for what we're able to do for each other chris matt all of the guys at the shop, one of them, um, one of our longtime friends and one of our tattooers at the shop, Brian, was at a funeral that same day for the event, drove four or five hours home and was like, y'all still tattooing? Shows up at 1130 and busts out three tattoos. It just like goes to show like how eager we are and, and honestly how eager all those people were to sit there and wait for us all day. You know, like that's what it's about to us. Money's cool. Tattoos are cool. That's ten times more important. I think it's great when you can do what you love and you do it well and you do it right and you treat people right. The money tends to follow, you know. Yeah. If if that's your, it's if yeah, that's it's, part it, of your plan, right? Getting but, into this was never about the money to me. But right. I mean, it's nice to have things and, and nice things. But like I always said, I would rather tattoo someone, some kid that had a hundred bucks to his name that said, "Man, I want to live forever with a tattoo by you," than someone that said. I'll give you a thousand bucks to kick that person out of their slot. You know, that's right. the way I've always been. I want someone to respect what I do and, and what they're wearing, you know, and I'm living proof yeah. of that. I was that to Chris, you know, I was, I was there every other month. I was skipping school, dropping out of school. I was <laughs> sorry I mean, about I, that. Shouldn't you be in school? <laughs> no, man. I mean, I was, hey, man, this is my school. Hours. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted, I was getting tattooed every single month just because Chris was willing to make that happen. And I guarantee you, he wasn't making the money he needed to, to tattoo me. You know? <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> not. Well, y'all, I, as we kind of wrap this up, you know, let us know, um, what's the best way to get in touch with you guys, follow, uh, you guys obviously on Instagram, we'll put all this information out as well. Uh, but what's the best way to get in touch with you guys if they are interested in, in not only learning about how to get a tattoo, but also maybe partnering with your organization, or maybe if you're a charity listening to this and you think it would be cool to partner with them and bring them in, like 
Like 24 Foundation. Who doesn't want 24 Foundation tattoos? I'm calling you out. All right, let's do it. Like, like there's a few out there, but that could be something that's really cool. And and it's an organization that a lot of people are really passionate about. And it's it's something that's helped a lot of people in the cancer community. So why not? You know, Um, and we'd love to be able to help you with anybody that we work with as well. Uh, But what's the best way to get in touch with you guys? Yeah, um, our Instagram is made to last tattoo. That's probably the best way to check out everybody's work, get familiar with us. In terms of getting in touch for a tattoo or, or just any kind of inquiry, whether it be charity or anything business-wise, I, I love an email. Emails are great. I get to see imagery. I get to be thorough. Call the shop. Email me. It's booking at madetolasttattoo.com, 980-474-1872. There's a website, madetolasttattoo.com. One way or another, I'll direct you. But um, I'm the studio operations manager there. I handle all of that. I'm Brandon Dursky. A lot of people call me Dursky. Call me whatever you want. But just get in touch, and we'll... We'll figure it out. I'd, I'd love to do more charity stuff. Yeah. Um, we're trying to convince Cam to come get tattooed and do some stuff. Um, Nicole from uh, Kiss 95.1 is one of the producers there. She gets tattooed and, and got one of his little signatures. We're trying to get him. We're trying to get everybody. Well, dude, good thing that Cam Newton is an avid listener of the Brand Builders podcast. So you will absolutely <laughs> probably have an email tonight. Uh, but no, you guys, Chris and Brandon, thank you guys so much from two people that don't have tattoos that don't come from that, you know, that, that wildlife, I guess that, that it used to be, but now to see people that you guys, you guys have your shit together. You're doing something that's really cool. And ultimately you're doing it to support others. And I just love that. And that's why we started this podcast to be able to have conversations with people that may not be like us, but ultimately to, to provide a platform to share what's great about this city. And you guys are doing awesome things. So if you're listening to this, we definitely want you to like, share, comment, Go follow Made to Last Tattoo. Go check out their stuff. If you haven't gotten a tattoo like me and you're interested, do it. You know what I mean? Sorry, honey, but it might be done. So um, again, thank you guys so much for for joining us on the podcast. We really do appreciate it. And thank you. And keep up the good work of of supporting the city and supporting the community. Thank you for having us. Thank you, guys. You've been listening to the Brand Builders Podcast, brought to you by the Dunstan Group with your host, Scott Dunstan and Brian Young. For branded merchandise and apparel that makes first impressions and ones that last, check out the Dunstan Group at dunstangroup.com.